Welcome back to the Health Call Radio Hour. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just drop us a line on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. That's healthcall.live. Or message us on the Health Call Facebook page. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Well, now that you're caught up on the latest news, couldn't blame you if you're feeling a little bit depressed. Politics, the economy, violence in the streets around the world, there's a lot to be concerned about these days. Guess it's no surprise 25% of Americans believe they suffer from anxiety, depression, or some form of mental health disorder. It's a problem so big, 13% of us now take prescription antidepressants. And when you go on to hit retirement age, well, that percentage goes up, not down. That's why a book called Psychedelics for Everyone caught my attention. Author Matt Zeman had a profound psychedelic experience, and he wrote this book to explain why magic mushrooms, ketamine, and other psychedelic drugs are exploding in popularity and are now under intense study by over 300 academic institutions around the world. Everyone's trying to learn how and why they fight drug-resistant depression and other conditions so effectively. They've even been recognized by the FDA as breakthrough therapy. So if you think psychedelics are simply party drugs used by people hoping to turn on, tune in, and drop out, Matt Zeman says, well, you're living in the 1960s and closing your mind to powerful, sometimes natural compounds that have the power to change lives. I think the key message is that while not everybody needs to take a psychedelic, psychedelic medicine is positively impacting many, many people. Um, so understanding how the medicine works, what these options are, and how this can impact you, a loved one, or how you vote is, is important. So typically our guests on this program are uh, physicians, PhDs, researchers, and I don't think you slot into any one of those categories. <laughs> what really moved you to write this book? Yeah, so for me, it started with a personal experience about four years ago where I was invited to participate in a guided psychedelic medicine experience, and it completely changed my worldview. I reconnected with my mom who died when she was 49. I had some really profound insights, and uh, I, I left that experience saying, I want to learn more. I went back to school and got a master's in psychology and neuroscience and did a deep dive into this world. And I wanted to create a book that anybody could read that wasn't too woo-woo, wasn't only for people with a medical background. And, uh, uh, and then it was accurate, it was medically reviewed for, for accuracy. So, you know, I've heard that phrase a lot. It totally changed my worldview. It was, uh, you know, an amazing um, experience. I keep reading that from people who've been down <laughs> this path. Can you describe for me what that feels like? Yeah, I mean, it, there so many different experiences I can talk about. On this, on this first one, reconnecting with my mom and, and understanding or, or coming to this idea that Maybe she's not gone forever. Maybe she's just in a different plane and that I can connect to her and pull her energy through to me and into my kids. Okay, that, that, that was beautiful. Then realizing I'm, I've been afraid of dying. She died so young. I was afraid that I was going to die young. And I think I made a number of choices in my life that were related to that. So then not being afraid of dying, um, yeah, it was a big, was a big lift. The... Um, the other major thing was just feeling incredibly safe and loved. 
and uh, and, and it's almost a thing like, okay, wow, I feel really safe and loved right now, which then was followed by, oh my gosh, I normally don't feel safe and loved. And then it was, well, how do I get more of this into my life? And uh, yeah, so I mean, those are just some of those first ones from that first experience that were really changed the way you think, changes the way I I feel and uh, changes the way I interact with the world. Well, I know that there is research underway at Yale University, uh, Johns Hopkins University, institutions all around the world trying to understand this better. What's your understanding of what's happening in our brain to create those kind of emotions? Yeah, so I mean, th- I think the easiest way to understand this is, a ma- is as we get older, we all get into repetitive thinking patterns. So we, we start thinking the same way. And behind the scenes, our neurons are firing the same way, literally firing the same way. When people have a psychedelic experience, a few things happen. Your default mode network is quieted down. So think of kind of that inner narrator in your head, the one that's telling you this is good, this is bad, you're not good enough, this is whatever. That gets quieted. Then these neurons start firing together that are not the way you normally think. Um, But it might have been how you thought when you were a child um, or when you were younger. So all of a sudden these neurons are firing and then it it triggers the ability to be like, wow, I haven't thought like that in a long time. And now I'm thinking about this view of the world differently. Um, And then the third thing that happens for many people is there's some type of uh, a spiritual connection. They feel more connected to a higher power, whatever that is for them. And, um, and that makes them again, feel safe, love connected that this isn't, that everything's not futile. So you put all of those things together and you take somebody with depression, anxiety, OCD, an eating disorder, a substance use challenge, um, and, and really great things can happen. But similar, it can, great things can happen for someone who is just pursuing this for religious reasons or someone who is just wants to optimize to, to become the best version of them that they can be. So lots of different so- ways to find your way to this medicine. So are we talking here about neuroplasticity, brain plasticity, sort of a rewiring of the brain, that concept? Absolutely. I mean, in many of these medicines, you're going to start growing more neurons. You're going to increase your synaptic strength. All of those things are happening as well, um, as well as as neurons firing that just don't normally fire together. Um, And many, many more neurons firing than normally fire. So I have read that... um, Actually, pretty commonly, people say they've been severely depressed, traditional medications don't work, they do one or two guided therapy sessions using psychedelics, they have significant improvements that are long-lasting. One study I saw said a 67% of participants had improvements that were persistent, lasted months beyond the therapy, and they were able to get off their traditional medications. If it's that effective... Why do psychedelics still have such a negative image? Yeah, that's a, a really, really good question. So back in 1970, the Nixon administration passed the Controlled Substances Act. So all of us born from like 1971 until today, we've lived our entire lives in a prohibition. And we've only heard what the government and the media has told us, which is all drugs are bad. They don't have any medicinal purpose. You're going to get addicted. They're going to fry your brain. Stay away. So... Combating 50 years of misinformation is hard, but now we have over 300 academic institutions studying and publishing research on psychedelics. And we're seeing things, the study you just referenced, 
is a phase three clinical trial for people with a post-traumatic stress disorder, treatment-resistant post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And after three sessions with MDMA, 67% no longer qualify as having PTSD. That's a tremendous number. I, I think we're finding that so many of us, we've only known about antidepressants and they don't work in upwards of 40% of the people that are prescribed them. That's mm -hmm. also, not ideal. And even when they do work, they come with some pretty tremendous side effects. So people want something new. And there's been a medicine that's been in our country's back pocket for a long time that, uh, that academia and public opinion is now, is now becoming married. And we're seeing both sides of the aisle supporting this. Um, it's hard when you talk about veterans and first responders and victims of sexual assault to say, oh, it's a, it's a Democrat thing, it's a Republican thing. No, everybody supports this. So I, I think that's why the FDA has given breakthrough therapy designation to both MDMA and psilocybin, and we expect those both to be legal in the next two to three years. Again, that is Matt Zeman, author of Psychedelics for Everyone, a book that explains how health professionals are now exploring psychedelic drug therapy and how it seems to help overcome a number of conditions, from anxiety to depression, even drug addiction. Oregon and Colorado have structured programs now using psychedelics in licensed therapy settings, but Indiana is not so welcoming to this new frontier. In Indiana, ketamine infusion is the closest thing to psychedelic therapy. So what is ketamine? It's an anesthetic widely used in Vietnam to relieve pain and calm soldiers horribly injured in battle so that they were able to fly back to safety. Physicians can prescribe this treatment, and there are clinics in Indiana offering infusions as treatment for depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, and chronic pain. How does it work for mental health? What's it like to undergo ketamine therapy? Yeah, I was curious too. So I hope you'll stay tuned as we get the answer coming up next right here on the Health Call Radio Hour. This is the Health Call Radio Hour, where treatments are always free, the stethoscope is never cold, and you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. We are talking with author Matt Zeman, who's written a book called Psychedelics for Everyone. He explores this avenue of research and the interest in using mind-bending drugs to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health problems. This landscape is changing very quickly. Magic mushrooms are now legal in the state of Oregon, where licensed clinics are offering guided psychedelic therapy sessions. There are several accounts of magic mushrooms proving to be effective when years of traditional therapy has not overcome depression and other problems. Doctors aren't quite sure why psychedelics seem to work when other medications don't. There is evidence these drugs help the brain form new neural connections, pushing people out of traditional sequences of thought and emotion. I've talked to doctors who are astounded how they've seen patients respond, privately admitting they wish they could prescribe this form of therapy legally, and they're frustrated it's not available to patients who have really nothing else to lose. Author Matt Zeman offers just one such example, an interesting case involving cancer. Cancer diagnosis often leads to depression, of course. So listen as Zeman explains why psychedelic therapy may be a good fit. A psychedelic medicine will work in hours. It's a, that's a huge difference. 
the depression and anxiety lifts immediately. The feeling of connectivity works immediately. So you can see psychedelic medicine being used not just for the person in the terminal state, but then also their family who's struggling with incredible feelings of, of hopelessness and sadness and going to miss their loved one. They could also use a, a lift in depression and anxiety. But it's, it seems reasonable to say they, they need it for a little period of time. They don't need to be addicted to an antidepressant for the rest of their lives or for a long period of time or go through the whole weaning process because of this, this moment in time where they needed some help. Are they addictive? It is super important that people understand that while these are much safer than many, many medicines, these, these still do need to be treated with respect and caution. So ketamine is an example. Again, it's legal. It is physiologically safe for most people. But if you're, the research shows in a medical setting or in a, uh, under the care of a, uh, of a, of a trained facilitator, it's, it's safe. It's not very addictive in a recreational setting where you're not controlling dose, you're not controlling administration. Yeah, people can get addicted to ketamine. So it's something to be, be careful of. Things like uh, psilocybin or mushrooms and LSD, there's no lethal dose. And we know there's lethal doses of aspirin. There's the, the harm to yourself or to others that those other types of classic psychedelics cause are very, very low compared, especially when you compare them to alcohol and tobacco, legal drugs that cause great harm to self and others. Should I select the, the psychedelic I use based on my expectations of the condition that I'm trying to resolve? Is one better than another for whatever condition? It's, that's a, uh, it's a really interesting uh, question, Lee. So I think people, I think it kind of works like this. There are people who say, I, I'm not doing anything illegal, period. All right, well then if you're gonna stay in America, your option's ketamine. So there's your option, and now you're going to go work with ketamine. I'm willing to fly. Great. Well, now you can open up ayahuasca, you can open up psilocybin, you can open up iboga or ibogaine, and you can go to somewhere else and do it legally. Yeah, how, how much are you willing to commit physically to this? So a ketamine experience, as an example, is about a one-hour experience, and, they, and best practice is you do about six of them over six weeks and then, and then reevaluate. A psilocybin experience or mushroom experience is six, seven hours. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a longer commitment. So uh, I'm home based in the state of Indiana mm -hmm. where I, everything is still illegal. Marijuana Very is not so. even available on a medical basis. Ketamine, I'm sure, as, you know, as a prescribed therapy, yeah. I don't know how that works. Can, yeah, is that going to work? Can you cross state lines? How does that whole process in your telehealth process work? So ketamine is, is approved by the FDA. It is legal in all 50 states. So doctors in Indiana can absolutely and do prescribe ketamine to patients. And there are definitely ketamine clinics um, throughout Indiana that can, can prescribe that. So ketamine is incredibly powerful for people who, who are looking for an alternative way to heal with, again, depression. Uh, depression and anxiety are the two ways that you typically get it prescribed. And then in addition to that desire, it can help with the other things we've talked about, the spiritual connectivity, the connecting to other people, the, uh, the human optimization components. Uh, ketamine's also been showing there's, late, there's good research on uh, things like alcohol use disorder. Is there a, you know, I, I think high is the phrase most people would use. Is there a, is there a euphoria? Is there, what's, what's going on? So ketamine's actually not really a, a euphoria as much as it's a calm. So when you take ketamine, the first thing you'll notice is that your body 
you can move your body, but because it's based as it originally as an anesthesia, everything feels very heavy. You really don't want to move your body. So you can, but you don't want to. Um, you, in many cases, are disassociated disassociated from your body. So maybe that looks like you're above your body looking down or to the side of your body, but it's almost like you're having an, an out-of-body experience. And then everything is very, very calm um, for, for many people. You feel the, uh, the weight of the world literally lifted off your shoulders. And that's a, a, a really good reminder of how much anxiety um, that, or, or weight that people are carrying around with them that um, when it lifts, it's like, oh, wow, I haven't felt like this in a long, long time. And then during that experience, many people have kind of a somatic experience where they feel like they're, they're digging down into a, into a tunnel or into the earth um, or dropping into what colloquially is called the K-hole. Um, and not, there, are, there can be moments of euphoria. There can be moments of, of, of sadness. Um, but it's really for many people, very, very relaxing, very, very calm. Um, yeah, very, very peaceful. It's, it's a beautiful feeling. So again, we don't know why that experience relieves depression when other drugs don't, correct? We don't know exactly. We know, and we know it works in the glutamate system, which is, which is a, a really important system. We know it increases uh, BDNF in the brain. But no, researchers can't say exactly why this works and something else doesn't. But we do know that research after research after research is showing that, wow, people are having tremendous results without getting addicted to the existing antidepressants that, uh, that are prescribed, primarily prescribed today. There is much more to learn about psychedelic therapy in the video version of this interview. We dive into the risks of having a bad trip, the importance of going to psychedelic therapy with the right preparation, surroundings and mindset, and much more. Something Matt said that stuck with me is psychedelics help people remove the shame, blame, and guilt they carry through life, often associated with events that were totally out of their control as children, and yet still influence how they think, feel, and respond to life as adults. Again, out of all the treatments we discussed, only ketamine infusions are today legal in Indiana. It's typically not covered by insurance because treatment for mental health is an off-label use of this prescribed medication. Ketamine clinics claim up to 80% of patients are helped by ketamine therapy, and the treatment is available in Fort Wayne. The book we discussed is Psychedelics for Everyone. And all the links you need are in the show notes on the podcast of the website at healthcall.live. Again, that's healthcall.live. So drop by the website, if you will, and shoot me an email with your thoughts about all of this. Look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you'll be here next week for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour. You've been listening to the Health Call Radio Hour. The discussion of conditions and treatments on this program is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a healthcare professional who knows you and your health needs. Find the podcast of today's episode wherever you get your podcasts, or watch extended video versions of today's interviews on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. While you're there, drop us a line to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us each week on this station for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour.
podcast by Federated Media.